And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Johnson, where we land lion ministry. We thank you for being part of our program today here in The Truth Will Set You Free, as we title our message, Unfaithfulness to God. So stay tuned. And those of you following us live on social media or on the WhatsApp uh, uh, app, pray.com app, or wherever you might be listening to us, share this program with your friends and family so they can also enjoy it as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for all those who are tuned in, who want to study your word. I pray you'll bless us with your presence. Bless us with the understanding of Ezekiel 20 as we read it. And Lord, help us grow in our relationship with you. Keep our minds focused on you, Lord, and not the things of this earth. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're in the wonderful book of Ezekiel, chapter 20. Our title for our message is that of unfaithfulness uh, to God. So stay tuned. And of course, before we continue, I want to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, always good to be on. Uh, this is the last program of 2022. Can you believe that? Are you serious, Nathan? Already? Already. We're about to hit 2023. It boggles my mind. Uh, well, I have to say, Nathan, it actually has been a wonderful year in comparison to the years before that. Uh, we've had some really uh, nice things happening with uh, places open up, opening up more after COVID. So I have to say this year has been a blessing. And not only that, Nathan, but man, you and I spent a whole year together doing programs. That's fun. I know. And it's like our 12th year doing this, too. So uh, maybe even 13th. So, brother, it's I if we're counting our blessings of 2022, you've definitely been one of them. All you've tuned in, you've been a blessing to us as well. Amen. Thank you so much. That is so true. And in case you're new to our program and you're not familiar with our ministry and what we do here, Nathan, can you briefly share with those individuals and maybe how they can get a hold of some of our resources? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is the Truth Will Set You Free podcast. It's a outreach ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We're excited that the Bible is saying through the signs of the times that Jesus is coming soon. And we want you to be excited as well. So we invite you to download our Lamb Lion app or go to our website at ChristInProphecy.org. You can watch our television program, Christ in Prophecy, uh, other videos like our prophetic perspectives. We have articles, a newsletter you can sign up for that's bi-weekly. Uh, we got many resources, uh, social media. We just want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So check us out, please, ChristInProphecy.org. Well, that's exciting. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And in case those of you are out there want to do a prophecy conference or a special event at your ministry or your venue, let us know. We can also come out and speak at your uh, events and, and bless your people. And uh, maybe you can also get to meet uh, Nathan Jones and myself live. Right, Nathan? That would be fun, too, right? That would be fun. I love it when we get to do conferences around the country and meet the people. Uh, we try as Lamb and Lion hold regional conferences. Uh, 
year before, uh, we were out at uh, Billy Crown's church in Las Vegas meeting with people to follow our ministry and couldn't make it to our annual conference here in Texas. And uh, this year we were up in Pennsylvania trying to reach the other side of the country. Vic has uh, held conferences in Florida and uh, wherever there's a Bible prophecy conference at a Lamb and Lion Ministries, um, evangelist is invited. We hope to connect with you and, and get to see you in person. So that'd be great. Yeah, Nathan, and people always give us a compliment. They say, man, you guys look so much better on radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always get, because, you know, when I sit down next to Tim Moore, he's he's about half foot taller than me. But when we sit down, <laughs> same height on our TV show. But then when we stand, it's like, you know, I look like I'm sitting in a well or something. And so people <laughs> come to me at conferences and says, you're a lot shorter than I imagined. <laughs> Oh, that is that is always fun when people see us uh, alive. They go, oh, you, you're shorter than I expected you. Right. <laughs> you know, some of these guys like Dave Reeves and others, these are giants. But Andy Woods. But, you know, we're the little guys of Bible prophecy. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, folks, so we want to uh, just encourage you uh, in, in any way that we can serve you, uh, get a hold of us and we will love to. We always have fun during our programs. Uh, Nathan, in our previous uh, programs, we were making our way through the book of Ezekiel and it was just amazing uh, what how God was instructing his people through the prophet Ezekiel. We talked about what happens when God suddenly uh, takes his hands off someone because they're not walking in his statues and when they and they're not obeying him and, and how sad that can be. And you have been opening up to us, of course, the history there in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, and, and what's happening as these as God's people are heading to the, uh, captivity uh, because of their disobedience. So uh, we're going to continue in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20. So I want to encourage any of you that have your Bibles, get those ready as we continue to dive into Ezekiel, chapter 20, as we're going to be picking it up in verse uh, 27. So, Nathan, it has been an exciting book so far, right? Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, we're talking about the darkest time in Israel's ancient history. Uh, the, uh, the Syrians had marched the 10 tribes of Israel away in 722 B.C., and now the Babylonians in about 600, you know, 586 to 600 B.C. are taking the people of Judah away. And so what we get at this point is there's only Jerusalem left. Uh, the Babylonians are besieging it. And the elders of the town are calling finally. They want to know why has God abandoned them? You know, why isn't he standing up and defending him like they did in the, he did in the past? And so Ezekiel's like, all right, well, this is what God has to say. He says, hey, I loved you. I made you a nation. I rescued from the Egyptians. I saved you through the wilderness. I made you a nation. I blessed you. I protected you. I made you profitable. The only thing was is that we just had to have this father-child relationship, you know? I mean, we, we needed to stick together, but you constantly rebelled against me. You chased after idols and demons. Uh, you continued to, to live corrupt, evil lives. And so you want me to defend you now? Well, that's not going to happen. You're going into exile. And that's the message here in Ezekiel 20. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, as we pick it up, there are verses 27 and 28. Would you be able to read those two verses for us, Nathan, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Therefore, son of man, speak to the house of Israel and say to them, thus says the Lord God, if this too your fathers have blasphemed me by being unfaithful to me, when I brought them into the land concerning which I had raised my hand in an oath to give them, and they saw all the high hills and all the tr thick trees, there they offered their sacrifices and provoked me with their offerings. There they also sent up their sweet aroma and poured out their drink offerings. 
Mm. You know, Nathan, that word unfaithful uh, stands out powerfully. Uh, God has blessed you and I with wonderful relationships, with wonderful wives uh, that we've been married for over 20 plus years, you and I, and, and our wives have been faithful to them. And by God's grace, we have been faithful to them as well. But we know how hard it is and what a heartache it is, right, Nathan, when unfaithfulness enters a relationship. Oh, absolutely. And that's the whole purpose of the story of Hosea, or one of the main purposes is that God was comparing Hosea, who was a righteous, um, loving husband who was faithful to his wife, Gomer, who turned herself and she went around cheating on him all the time, eventually ran up all this debt, fell into prostitution, and then finally had to be sold as a slave. And Hosea buys her off the auction block. And that's what God's comparing Israel to. He's like, you're like Gomer here. You your, all your sweetness, your love, your devotion, you throw it away on other men. You you break the covenant of marriage all the time. And God says, you know, here, I give you all this land, all this promised land. And what do you do with it? You hold rituals and festivals for, for demons. <laughs> so, and you want me to come help you? I mean, you can really understand God's here. I mean, it's not like God didn't send them prophets to remind them to come back to him and and they repented and he, you know they returned to him and he returned to them and he protected them but you know generation after generation after generation god says the only way i'm going to fix this idolatrous problem you have you guys are addicted to idolatry i'm going to send you to the babylonians where there'll be a deficit of knowing yahweh god and there you will be cured of idolatry and to get ahead in the story yes after 70 years of exile, the Jewish people had been cured of their idolatry. You know, Nathan, that, and that's something that is amazing. So that's why people say, well, I, I, don't, I don't worship idols today. That's for, I don't bow down to anything. But today we too go to these different places to worship idols, to worship the flesh. Uh, today we call those clubs. Uh, I remember when I was younger, Nathan, <laughs> and I would actually go to clubs. And these were the places where we go. Uh, of course, I wasn't a Christian back then. But we'll go to these places and all the crazy thing that happens in these locations, in these clubs, if you will. And the children of Israel have these places that they will go to party or gather together uh, and, and do their thing. And it, rem it reminds me of Aaron in the Old Testament, Nathan, with a golden calf. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the great party that they had. What a debauchery. What a shame to God that was. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, it reminds me a lot of Romans 1, which we're here. God in Romans 1 explains the problem with humanity. He says, uh, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and their unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to him. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made is even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. In other words, creation points to the fact that there's creator. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. In other words, they did it to themselves. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-foot animals and creeping things, idolatry. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. So 
the traditional view of idolatry is these little wooden statues. I remember going to New York City on a world religions tour and we visited a Hindu temple and it was just filled with little wooden statues of various size, all ugly things. And, you know, the, the priests there, if you could call them that, you know, were giving certain statues milk baths and lighting incense to them all. And, and I asked the, one of the gentlemen there, I says, do you believe these statues are your gods? He says, no, they represent, I mean, the higher caste uh, believe that they represent, the lower caste believe they're actual gods. But he said the higher caste understand the representations of God. So today, when we think of idolatry, not in the sense of traditional, say, Hinduism, but everything that is placed before God, worshiping the creation rather than creator, is idolatry. And I think, Vic, you might agree that the biggest idolatry going on right now has become earth worship this obsession with climate change, this obsession with saving the earth and, and getting rid of everything that makes sense, like like the fuel that we use, the energy that we have, the populations, uh, closing down farms, everything that would keep humanity alive in this obsession to save the earth, as they say, we've created earth worship. It's idolatrous, and that's probably the biggest idol worship I see today. And Nathan, and it's it's creeping in everywhere in the form of what we call organic or holistic or uh, uh, all these uh, things. And and sad to say, even the Christian Church is not recognizing how subtle the enemy is in bringing all this idol worship to us today. But they just give it a spin, call it something else, and before you know it, we're finding ourselves putting that before God. I remember we had apologist uh, Eric Barger uh, come on our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, a number of years ago, and he had visited Brian McLaren's church, who many in the liberal camp of uh, Christianity just think he's like, you know, their rock star pastor. And he held a service where he was ta- telling the people that God died for not salvation, but he died for the creation to redeem the earth, to bring the earth back into a paradise again. And that's part of it in, in a sense, but that's not, I mean, he died for the spiritual redemption of mankind, and he had the people come up and put their hands in pots of dirt and pray basically to the dirt that we would do something about it and we would fix this earth. I mean, brother, speaking about idolatry, that was the most open idolatrous story I have heard yet coming out of a Christian church, supposedly Christian. Yeah, Nathan, and you know, and that kind of stuff is really uh, amazing to me how people are falling for it. And uh, I think, too, it has to do, Nathan, when, when individuals uh, turn away from the Word of God and the Bible and Bible teaching churches, they start to fall into all these silly uh, gimmicks, if you will, that really lead to idolatry. And, uh, and, and we're seeing that all around the United States of America and uh, also in Christian homes uh, and, and in so many places. And we, we find here in the Bible, in Ezekiel chapter 21 verses, uh, excuse me, chapter 20, verses 29 through 32, that God actually calls it out here in, the, in how it is. In verse 29, it says, then I said to them, what is this high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama. To this day, uh, sorry, not Obama, but Obama, <laughs> it says verse 30. <laughs> Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus is the Lord God. Are you defiling yourselves in the manner of your fathers and committing harlotry according to their abominations? For when you offer your gifts and make your sons pass through the fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols, even to this day. 
so that I shall inquire of you, O house of Israel, as I live, says the Lord, I will not be inquired by you. Verse 32, this is powerful, but you have in your mind shall never be when you say, we will be like the Gentiles, like the families in their country, serving wood and stone, much like you read, Nathan, in Romans chapter one, we're worshiping the, the created thing more than the creator. Yeah. You know, I think of uh, letting your sons pass through the fire. Uh, I, I think of that poor little Greta Thunberg, who's so obsessed with climate change and spoke at the UN, you know, saying, how dare you take my childhood away? I mean, the, the ecological movement uses her as a, a spokesperson because they know they're not going to listen to an older person. They'll listen to a young child who's she's you know, older now, but calling out for change. And this poor thing has been sent Basically, she, her whole life's been sacrificed to the idol of, of echo worship. And so we got here about that they were sacrificing their children. And why were they doing it? Why were they sacrificing their children and doing all these other abominations? I think you nailed it, Vic, verse 32. It says, we will be like the Gentiles. And now for centuries, and, and I'm not saying this as a Gentile, I've talked to Jewish people, believers in Christ, and they will tell you that, that Jewish people Many of them are obsessed with wanting to be accepted. They are tired of being persecuted and abused and neglected and left out of things for centuries. And God says, no, you're my chosen people. You're set apart. If you think that you can go running off and being like the Gentiles will accept you, that's never going to happen. And brother, it hasn't. To this day, when you go to Israel, something like 75 to 80 percent of the Jewish people living in Israel are secular humanists. They're li liberals. They're progressives. They they're dying for the world to accept Israel as a nation and their place in it, but it'll never happen. No matter how Gentile they act, they will always be oppressed because Satan hates them and wants them dead. Because when Jesus comes back, he will only come back when the Jewish people cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so the Lord is always going to have the Jewish people set apart. So you're right. This verse 32 is kind of gets you into the psychological schism that Jews have had for millennia. And that is this, this longing to be accepted by the Gentile world and never being really accepted. Mm. Nathan, like you, when I went to Israel a number of years back, I was shocked, Nathan. And I say shocked because here I'm expecting to find these religious people uh, way different than how we are and just totally uh, like on a different level. And my wife and I were looking around and saying, oh, man, I feel like I'm back in Miami. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, Tel Aviv, I'm, I mean, you being a Miamiite for, what, 25, 30 years, doesn't you think that Tel Aviv morally is very much like Miami? I mean, it's it's considered the, the homosexual hookup capital of the Mediterranean, very loose morality. You go up to Haifa and you get the Baha'i religion dominating it up there. But even when you go to into Jerusalem and you expect, OK, that's where it's going to be you know, a bastion of religion, you've got the Orthodox Jews who are, are very staunch Judaism, all about the rules and not about the love of the Lord. Uh, you've got Catholicism, Islam, and other religions dominating the area. It's one of the most pagan cities that I've ever been to. I mean, everywhere it's there's a form. I mean, you go in those Catholic churches like uh, Church of the Nativity and some of that. I mean, it's just filled with idolatry. And so you're right. The there are about I've I've read statistics about twenty thousand Messianic Jewish people, and when you visit them, like a we support uh, Avi Mizraki in Tel Aviv. He has Dugit Ministries there. He has a coffee house that's used as an outreach. 
and you feel like you're you're in what Israel is supposed to be. It's uh, a place that proclaims the Lord Jesus Christ, but uh, no, no, not at all. The well, the Lord said in Isaiah 11 that He would gather the Jewish people a second time from all the corners of the earth and bring them back to Israel, but they'd be regathered in unbelief. And that's where we are in human history right now. We're in that regathering of unbelief. But once the Gog Magog War, when we get up to Ezekiel chapters 37 and 38, which seems like forever now, right? Or 38 and 39, excuse me. Uh, you know, because we're all the way back here at 20. But we'll see how the Lord will nationally turn the Jewish people back to him. And so, brother, I'm looking forward to that day. Absolutely. And, and Nathan, again, we hope that anyone that's tuned into our program today could, could put these pieces together because sometimes people disconnect the Bible. They think, oh, this is so far out from our culture today, uh, from, uh, you know, where we are. But yet, here it says, like the families of other countries serving wood and stone. You know, we put that into perspective today, Nathan. Most of the stuff that we worship today is really made out of wood and stone. Some, you throw some metal in there and you have the new Corvette. I like it, but you know, Nathan, it's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, people have, have all sorts of obsession. A little plastic in there too, right? You know, a little, little plastic, exactly. Throw a little plastic in there like the iPhone and something else. I mean, and we got it. Yeah, I, I, I still remember sitting in an airport and there was a, a young African-American girl sitting two, two seats down from me. And she spent the entire hour waiting from the plane making smoochy lips into herself <laughs> and, and selfies of herself. And if occasionally a guy would walk by and say, work it, baby, or something like that. I mean, her idol was herself. And, you know, it doesn't have to be wood or plastic or metal. It, it can be the object. And we live in a narcissistic society. And I just my heart goes out to that woman. She was her own God. Mm. Nathan, that is a good point. And, and maybe you're, again, listening to what we're saying. And some of you recognize what's happening uh, to the church, our country. And this is why we need to get on our knees and pray and repent and turn back to God. Again, these are just clear signs of the times. The Bible talks about how things are going to be in Second Timothy. Uh, I mean, just in love with ourselves and, and we're going to become uh, our own God. And, and Nathan, what a what a wonderful um, analogy uh, Ezekiel here has written for us. But we know that God's plan is in full effect. As we continue looking at Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 36 uh, uh, through 39, uh, I mean, excuse me, 33 through 39, we see God's future plan of restoration for them. They're, the the Jewish people are going through these peaks and valleys. They do well, and then they fall, and then God picks them up again. God is not through with the Jewish people. Although they're very carnal today, they're very worldly, God is going to prune them, and God is going to chastise them so that they will return to him. Uh, Nathan, would you be able to pick up for us there, chapter 20, verses 33 uh, through 35, and I'll read 36 through 39 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. As I live, says the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with fury poured out, I will rule over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there I will plead my case with you face to face, just as I pleaded my case with her forefathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will plead my case with you, says the Lord God. 
Mm, verse 37, I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant and I will purge the rebels from among you and those who trespass against me. I will bring them out of the country where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. As for you, O Israel, thus says the Lord God, serve every one of you, his idols, and hereafter, if you will not obey me, but profane my holy name no more with your gifts and your idols, Nathan. Again, a, a, an amazing passage here. God is still at work. He's still working in God's people. He's still giving them opportunities. But if they don't uh, obey, God lays out what's going to happen. Yeah, God is always looking for a faithful remnant. Matter of fact, all of human history is about God's harvest. There's weeds all throughout, tares, as the Bible calls them, all throughout the land. And God, every generation, weeds out a remnant who loves him and wants to be with him forever. And so God's saying, all right, if you as a nation are so corrupt, then I'm going to put you through the fire, the rod, in other words, punishment, judgment of exile. And out of you, a remnant of faithful will come back to Israel and get to live. And the rest of you, you're burned, you're chaffed, you know, you're going to be spread out into the world. And so they have. But there will always be kept a remnant of, by God. Why? Because God never breaks his covenants. We break our faith with God, but he never breaks it with us. So when he says there will always be a remnant of Israel that's faithful to him, there always will be a remnant of Israel faithful to him. And despite how evil the society goes, God will make sure he gets his harvest. You know, Nathan, I, I just I, I look at those two verses there, verses 32 and 34, and it's amazing. It's almost like kids. You know, we want to get ourselves uh, into these situations. Uh, and yet, like a parent, he says, I'm, I'm going to get you out. And like children, we're always getting ourselves into all these messes. We thank the Lord for our parents who were nice enough to get us out and clean us up. And this is the picture that, that we see here. Uh, again, uh, verse 32 says, like the families." In their in their country, serving God in wood and stone, and then verse thirty four, as you as we read, it says, "I will bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm." And I just love here that picture of parents and, and a parent continuing to care for their children, no matter how hard headed they have been. They're always there to scoop us out. Uh, of our messes. And I don't know about you, Nathan, but when I was younger boy, I put, I gave my parents quite a bit of headaches as they were always having to get me out of certain uh, jams that I got myself into. That's hard to believe because uh, you're one of the most faithful people I ever met. So the Lord really worked on you. I have a, an aunt whose son was just wild all his life and in and out of rehabs, homeless shelters, uh, rejected the Lord, stole from them all the time. And you think that most people would have given up on them and said, forget it. But his mother remained faithful. She always prayed for him. She always hoped he'd return. And a few years late, uh, ago, he did. He, he truly gave his life to the Lord. The transformation has been staggering. He's married. He has children now. You wouldn't believe it was the same guy. All because the love of a mother never giving up on him. That's the same love our father has for us. He, he will never give up on us.
I love that, Nathan. Listen, and if that's you, you find yourself in that condition. Listen, God is not through with you. God loves you. Maybe you find yourself in a pickle right now, in a bind. Maybe you made a wrong decision in a business deal. You made a mistake. You messed up. And, and you're in this ditch. You're in this hole. And you're wondering if God loves you, if he cares for you, or if you will ever get out of that situation. Well, the answer, as we notice here in the Bible, God's hand is not short. He can reach you wherever you are and pull you out of that situation. And he has done so by sending Jesus Christ to rescue you out of that situation. And if that's you, uh, know that God has a plan for you. He loves you and he's not going to leave you where you are as you're seeking him. And Nathan, you and I will always send out a spiritual tow truck, if you will, to get people out of their jams. <laughs> and uh, would you be able to share with someone, Nathan, that maybe is in that condition, how a personal relationship with Jesus can get them out? Well, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So our rebellion against God has led us to have to face eternal death and hell. But the verse, again, just like Jesus, uh, sorry, God did with the Jewish people there, give them hope in the end. The rest of the verse is, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and you will be saved. Uh, pray now. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, uh, if you truly now believe that he is the Son of God and your Savior, then repent of your sins. Pray something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I, uh, please forgive me and become the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Ooh, we want to say congratulations. If you pray that prayer, let us know. Call us 305-992-9537 or send us a text. Nathan and I would love to rejoice with you if you've made that decision. Find a wonderful Bible teaching church. Let them know you received the Lord and uh, get baptized. So that is fantastic news. Nathan, like always, thank you so much for closing our program with a wonderful invitation for those that don't know the Lord. All right. God bless you all and Happy New Year. Yes, and we ran out of time for this segment of the program. We're excited for what God is doing in your life. Dick Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful day. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world,